Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This week in League, in refreshing irony bomb, Rockstar Amy is the first shark to take part in the grand final without drugs. Tyrone May fizzles in grand final as Craig Bellamy doesn't play two rat bags on the Storm's left side. State of Origin 2020 promises the highest quality series in history as it's confirmed that no West Tigers players will take part. Plus, we look back at all the action from the 2020 NRL Grand Final. All that and more as we can leave. Welcome to episode 374 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. How you doing, fella? Man, I am surprisingly upbeat. Why? <laughs> Honestly. Because I look at the season as a whole, and you know me, I am Delusional. the greatest person on earth. At lighting candles instead of cursing That's darkness. True. I suppose. Yeah, anything. So yeah, you got you got you got to find reasons not and, to uh, not, not to fucking not to to hang your belt over the doorknob. Oh, look, you know when when that's a usual Thursday. Um, but look, also just production notes. We are doing this one remote. Yep. As for a second time in seven days, a storm has fucked my evening. <laughs> Yeah, and in this case, on this occasion, it's fucked your your babysitting. Your, your, it has fucked my your regularly scheduled babysitting yes. babysitter. That's so, it. So, so that's all good. So, yes. so we're doing this one uh, just, uh, remotely. Which, to be honest, you know, in the the advent of NVN and you know Skype video calling and things like that, it's it's not that it's not that different, really. I mean. You know, sound, know, sound wise. I mean, sound wise. You know, like your 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 end is not. You know, it doesn't sound as nice sound wise because I mean the microphone in here is like set up and you know tailored. You know, volume wise. Ripped for my just, pleasure. Yeah, it's exactly. But but you know, it's, it's you know, it's not it's not terrible either. Like I mean, it was an impossibility in in the day. It was just not possible. Yeah, yeah, probably three years ago. Oh, but uh, technology. But yeah, things have improved. So. Uh, that's all People good can now. hear my sobbing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In, I can, I can see in it. High def, 1080p. <laughs> yep, yep. 4K. You can like see the glistening of the tears. You can almost, uh, <laughs> you, can, you can, you can. I mean, the, you know, quality so good. You can almost see the actual reason behind each tear. If, <laughs> if you zoom, if you zoom in, my tear ducts are actually shaped like Bill Kickow, and the tears are just rugby league balls dropping out. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, obviously, it's it's not going to be a long episode this week because you know, well, two twofold. There are there's not a lot of stories going on at the moment. There's a lot of a, there's a lot of grand final dissection and opinions. The origin stuff is just kind of dawning at the moment, and uh, 
what we're left with in between is uh, not a great deal of, uh, of of solid news reporting to uh, to really speak about. Um, Flano Junior, though, first of, he's uh, left the Roosters. Flaju, yeah, is that Flaju? We call him Flange. 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 Like, yeah. He's uh, he, he's 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 left the Roosters a year early. Uh, last week we were talking about the. Uh, the story that the Roosters had basically decided that after one year of a, a virtual rookie at the club, they decided that he uh, wasn't good enough this year and wasn't going to ever be good enough for them. And so they sort of told him he wasn't going to be re-signed following next season. Uh, he's uh, signed a deal with uh, the Doggies and they've, they've uh, obliged by letting him go early. And, uh, yeah, as, as they were always going to do. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I still think, like, it's you, there's a lot of, I don't know, people just trying to make sense of it all. And, you know, everyone's got their opinion on how good he is as a player or how, I mean, end of the day, yeah, he was, I, I feel like he was a, he was a solid and in some cases the, you know, the best contributor for that team. In a year where yes. they suffered, they had a lot of injuries through the year. They still had some guys out, you know, with season-ending injuries when they needed them in the finals. Yep, they did. And you know, he <laughs> Kiri kind of went missing as much, if not more, when it counted. Yeah. He did. Uh, uh, my take on this is a, a young half. <laughs> is as good as, you know, there's, there's obviously some natural ability that goes into the equation. Yep. There's more so than that, I believe, how well he does under pressure. So, for example, Lachlan Lewis. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of those people who almost has that James Maloney-esque, and I remember, I'll, I'll paraphrase from Gus here, but uh, he was speaking about the, the greatest thing about Maloney was that if he throws a hundred terrible passes, he's still yelling for the ball for 101. You know, he, he can do every, everything wrong, but each play is a new opportunity for him. Yeah. Whereas Lachlan Lewis had that. Um, I think Flanagan performed relatively well under pressure most of the time. Um, he executed a game plan from what I saw, you know, as well as I think anyone could could really expect a, a probably a rookie to do so. Yep. The story that I've heard that makes the most sense, and and this goes under the the old adage of the, the simplest explanation is probably the right one, is that the Roosters need to manage their salary cap very carefully. Yeah. Oh fuck! I just I just heard all the groans and giggles from the future as people heard me say that. Um. But they need to manage their salary cap very carefully. His position is one that they have a lot of depth in. Yeah, in terms of people coming yeah, through, and in terms of depth, it's not. Uh, it, it it's not as much of a gaping chasm of like for like. Yeah, as as it was. I mean, like obviously going from Cooper Cronk to a guy who's practically a rookie is a massive difference in in it terms is. of like, you know, leadership, and everything. Plus, you know the inherent abilities and maximum potential abilities of the two players. But, um, you know, when you're comparing Flanagan, though, to 
Lachlan Lamb, who who played some games this year, and then Sam yep. Walker, who's you know apparently, you know, in quotes, a team sensation, team prodigy, whatever you want to call him. That's it. Uh, so if you yeah. if you've got two there for coverage, and also for you know a little bit of pressure on each other, mm-hmm. then one one year's experience might be worth a hundred grand yep. in terms of managing your salary cap. So that's that's the explanation I heard that that made the most sense to me. Uh, because you're right, he wasn't dreadful. And uh, although, you know, how do we know that it wasn't set at training that, you know, um, flange you not to kick a ball this week. You fucked up at training, and so your penalty is you don't kick a ball. And he went out there and said, "Fuck you," and kicked a bunch of them anyway. Yeah. Who fucking knows? Yeah. yeah. You know who knows? Yeah. Uh, it's also been said that the the sharks were keen to bring him back, and they tabled him off last week, but it didn't match the cash that Canterbury were able to offer and prepared to pay. And uh, it is said that the uh, three-year deal is uh, a million plus. So that's probably... But that's not a year. No, no, I don't think... That could surely not, surely not. So um, he's not Ben Hunt 2.0? No, no, exactly, exactly. And I mean, if you, if you want to shell a million bucks, I mean, they probably would have had the option of several other players if they're throwing that out a year. So I think if they're, if they're, if, if they're getting him for like 350 a year or something like that, that's probably not yep. a bad result. I mean, yep. you know, whatever, whatever the quality of his play through the year this year, he's, um, you know, being shunted unceremoniously like three days after, you know, losing your, losing your semi. Yeah. It's, um, it's like, it's fucking ruthless and it's not a good look you know, a reflection on you as a player, even though it's not mm. necessarily your fault. I mean, you're dealing with a ruthless fucking club that, I mean, you know, like allegedly has, you know, has has variously covered up or exposed drug offences yeah. Yeah. in order to either maintain control of or seek the release of players in the last five years. So Yeah. I mean, they're ruthless bastards, and I mean that's why they've been on top. You know, like that's yeah. I can't, I can't hate it. If I was a Roosters fan, I'd be like fucking that yeah, kind of ruthless it, demeanor. Is fantastic. It's big dick club energy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. But he's off the doggies now, and um, under the sexy good bloke regime. Yes, uh, I guess uh, time will tell. SGB. Now another story that's. that's and this is like one we've we've mentioned like talking about uh, Joseph Suwali. Remember he started off like rabbits were going. How much were they going to pay him? It was fucking fortune. Like age seventeen, everything they're going to lock yep. him in for like you know like a five year yep. deal or you know whatever. And it was like uh-huh. millions. Yeah. Then it was like oh he's gonna he's gonna go to rugby, but then it's like oh he's not going to go to rugby. They can only pay him fucking ten cents, and they're trying to get him over on the whole thing. Like you know we're an international sport. You can play World Cups and you can play in like you know sevens in in like the you know the the Olympics and the Olympics, all, all that yeah. sort of thing. And um, so that was their kind of you know unique sales selling proposition to get him over the union. And then he's like no, he's not doing that. He's not going to union. And now it's like he's fielding good offers from a club such as the Roosters. Who yeah. speaking of the big dick club energy are, are apparently so intent on pursuing him and freeing up the funds to do so that someone like Angus Crichton could be pushed out to open up cap space for them to do so. And this is Jesus Christ, this is a guy like particularly in the second half of the year, like well, was fucking great. 
So I don't know. I just, and from, I just saw that and I was just like fucking. I was, I was just I was amused by it all. And this is one of those unfortunate situations mm-hmm. where South Sydney went back to him because if you remember, he wanted that stupid clause in his contract that could sort of you go know, at any I'll, time. Or... That's it. I'll, yeah, great. I'll play for South, but I'm able to leave to take up an offer from rugby at any time yep. for you know whatever reason. They told him to fuck off. Yep. And Much now the roosters credit. swoop in. Exactly. It's also an interesting move because if there's any any position where you can afford to sit back and, and let somebody find their feet at another club and then take them a bit later on, like the kid plays prop. How many rookie props have come in and actually mixed it with the best of the best? Yeah, it's very few. Look, you can look at halves, you can look at wingers and centres and obviously fullbacks. All those positions where where speed and agility are, are great attributes. But those guys going up against seasoned veterans in the middle don't tend to have amazing first seasons where they get over their opposition every week. Yeah, and I mean, it's said to be, you know, like a, a prop sort of maturing and their prime is, you know, years after they debut. Yeah, you know. that's it. Okay, I'm trying to think of like young young props who came in and just, just wrecked shit up. Like, remember like Mark O'Mealy, he was probably... Yeah, he, he was pretty. He was he was pretty decent. Like when he burst on the scene, he was just a young fucking maniac. Like for feeder and yeah, for yeah, Payne Haas, you know. Yeah. But again, you, you threw them against against the the Papalis of the world. Yeah, and they they came up short. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Exactly. Interesting so, move, yeah, and maybe this Crichton thing is also a part of just you know freeing up some salary cap, not just for this uh, for Suwali, but also because. You know, they've got guys like, you know, they've got back rowers like, you know, Verils and Radley yeah. and guys like that to come, That's you know, it. to come back in, you know, that yep. did their ACLs through the year. And um, yeah. Yeah, presumably someone like uh, like Radley or Verils will have to will have to take care of Jake Friend eventually. I mean, he can't be mm. too long for this world. Not at all. But, um, yeah. Fuck, guys. what about Cordner? Yeah, I mean, there's no... Like he'd have to be on decent coin. He he would be on decent coin, and like mm. he's not. But he seems to have crossed that rooster's threshold. Like the Orbison like there's that rooster's the, threshold. The Fitzgibbon Orbison. That's it. Yeah, where kind of where we'll we'll point. shunt you, yeah, we'll shunt you at a moment's notice, or protect you mercilessly. Yeah. The the club that poor old Sean Kenny Dow thought he was a part of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the thing the, the thing is the thing is about um uh Cordner is that um I think if they want to protect him, they need to conjure up a great coaching staff job and get him groomed to become a head coach. Yeah. Sooner rather than later, because I mean that guy he's like he's out of nearly every other player in the league at the moment. He's the one that I probably have hold the gravest fears for in terms of like brain injury. He's the only one I've seen that has to say the nursery rhyme out loud to himself when he ties his bootlaces up. Yeah, he, he's, he's yeah, and I mean he's he's achieved a lot in the game. He's achieved, achieved everything you can achieve. But I but... would not be sad if he just said, "Look, you know, some things are more fucking important." <laughs> Like for example, my quality of life for you know the next fucking fifty years after my rugby league career is finished, and 
you know, maybe take the safer option. Yeah. Is there any other new 100%. stuff you want to talk about through the week? I mean, obviously we're going to get to the. Um, no, not not actual oh, news. Yeah, I mean they're kind of like a they're, they're trumpeting this this, this uh, situation with Steve Hansen, who is a legendary All Blacks coach. Uh, they're talking, oh, you know, it's a stunning coup for the Bulldogs for him to to join the club, but really, he's going to come over every so often, pending COVID restrictions, and uh, his title his, his title is high performance consultant, but essentially. He's going to be making some, you know, some semi-regular trips to Sydney, and you know, potentially opens up the Bulldogs to, to, um, you know, a pathway of maybe bringing some, some Kiwi Union players into the fold and, and that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, it's weird when we talk about high performance managers. It seems like he's basically like a, you know, the N, the NZ chief of, you know, recruitment operations or Just something like that you know fucking Christ dogs how about you focus on getting your players good at rugby league before you start looking at ones you need to teach the sport to yep yep exactly. fuck me uh, that's not a coup at all what that is is what every consultant calls a dream engagement where somebody comes to you and says I'll pay you a shit ton of money to work very little hours and you say, thank you very much. I'm proud to be a member of your organization. I feel as if I belong here and I've been here all my life. Which is exactly what this guy's done. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And, uh, I mean, do we need to speak about the Origin squads at the moment? I feel it's kind of a little bit premature given, you know, we've, we've, got, our, we've got our 27-man squads named. Yes. There's not a hell of a lot of surprises in either of them. I mean, Queensland obviously have, uh, you know, a lot of well, injuries, should, that, you know, to, to players that they would have walk-up starts in their side. Like, you Should know, we run through it? Yeah. Only because by next episode, we're going to be watching it. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, the uh, New South Wales side, and uh, this is just going through alphabetically, um, Josh Adokar, Nathan Brown, RCG, Nathan Cleary, Damien Cook, Boyd Cordner, Nick Kotrick, Angus Crichton, Stephen Crichton, Dalfa Nukin, Tyson Frizzell, Clint Gutherson, Payne Haas, Luke Keary, Zach Lomax, Jerome Luai, Cameron McInnes, Cameron Murray, Ryan Pappenhausen, Junior Polo, Daniel Saifidi, Teddy, Jake Turbo, Daniel Tupo, Cody Walker, Jack Whiten, Isaiah Yeo. Look, there are a couple of names in there that you probably wouldn't say are walk-ups for an origin side, but that seems a very strong team. Can you think of anyone that's left out? Uh, apart from like the aforementioned David Clemmer situation that well, we yeah, talked about we, a couple of weeks ago. We understand why he's other, not there. Other than that, anyone who's left out that should be there is only is only left out through injury. Yeah, so, that's it. Um, Look, I, th- I think Arpy was unlucky not to get a call-up. Yeah, but having said that, he would he would have only ever been second fiddle to to, to, Cook. to Cook, and the thing That's it. and the thing with and they've they've got McInnes in there as as the second as the cover, yeah. yeah. As, as but the, that's what I'm saying is is McInnes uh, did McInnes have a better season than Appy? Well, I mean, I think they look. I mean, they're they're probably looking at it from the perspective of Cook is going to be the guy, and he's an eighty minute guy. Cameron McInnes. Is there if he needs to be, but also Cameron McInnes, remember, played a lot of lock. So he's he did. so he's a he's he's like 
I guess he's just a but, more versatile bench guy because that's probably the maximum impact yeah, they, okay. see him, they see him having. Yeah. And it's for the same reason that... Um, but see, then, then I ask you that question. Because, like, look at Clint Gutherson. I mean, Teddy is overcoming an injury, but... And he's still a better fullback, still yeah. got, But you still got Pappenhausen sat there exactly. as well. And he's, and he's, he's arguably... Yeah, he's vying for the position on a level playing field against Teddy. The yes, only Teddy's got ahead it. of him really is incumbency. And so if it's an injury situation, I mean, yeah. Pappy's there all day before Gutherson. Yes. And there's been talk that Gutherson is, you know, going to be slotted into the centers or something. Um, and in, in terms of like a, in terms of like a bench versatile kind of guy, yeah, you're probably looking at, you know, Cody Walker's that guy. Yes. You know, and then, uh, you know, with, 100%. With, the, with the assumption that it'll be Kiri and Cleary in the halves. That, and look, if through, based on the season, that was my side. Yep. And just and, and I got a fucking hard on thinking of the attacking potency of having Cleary and Kiri in the halves, and then Whiten and Walker in the centres. Mm-hmm. Like just the fucking options that gives you. Yeah. Um, yeah. How the hell fucking. Gutho ends up in there. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. I mean, so, but but again, back to to McInnes. Is McInnes at lock? Right? Yeah. Is he a state of origin quality lock? Look, I, yeah, I, I don't know, and I don't think he would be. I think he's really primarily there just in case Cook gets fucking killed. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the only reason he's there, yep. in my opinion. Because when you look at you know the the forwards and the and the way that you can. Yeah, the composition of the pack, you could do things like, yeah, have Cameron Murray in there and then move Jake Turbo to prop. And like you still you can you still got- again. My, my concern though is McInnes didn't have a fantastic season behind the Dragons, and they were playing like shit. Given, however, he didn't have a fantastic season last year either. Yeah, you know, why is the guy who's covering for the hooker just in case he gets killed? the guy whose style of gameplay is, is removed from Cook and what he does well. And again, I, if I had to look at something that I would change in that site, yeah. that's what I get to. Yeah, I think I think that's a, you know, that it's, it, it's all predicated on like, you know, a worst case scenario. Yeah. You know, of a, of a guy getting, you know, a, a, a player who's actually, who's, who's, you know, you have to say is durable. Yes, yeah, correct. I, mean, I remember that, that that final against fucking who was it they were playing against, and uh, it was just that final, the finals this year when it was like he got axed and it looked like he had a knee injury, and and then he literally got yeah. up like the next, yeah. you know, like the next set and streaked away and, <laughs> and scored a try. So, you know, I'm I'm never going to believe he's down until the fucking until the the scan tells me so. Um, mm. The Queensland 27 man squad. Obviously, uh, a lot of injuries in there with uh, Callum Ponga, David Fafita, Cole Felt, Dylan Napa, um, and more out. Alphabetically again, Jai Arrow, AJ Bramstone, mm. uh, Fodawaka, Philip Sammy, Edric Lee, Heimel Hunt, Val Holmes, Cohen Hess, Xavier Coates, Pat Carrigan, Ben Hunt, Josh Kerr, Harry Grant, uh, DCE, Jake Friend, Lindsay Collins, Jaden Sua, Corey Allen, Dane Gagai, Dynamis Louie, Josh Papali, Kurt Capewell, Tino Fasamaluai, 
Branko Lee, Cameron Munster, Christian Welch, Felice Kafusi, obviously a big chunk of Storms being added uh, following yep. the grand final. Yep. There are a couple of extremely settled positions for Queensland that are, are you know, you could lock them in 100%. But Correct. It's, it's, their forwards have this massive, you know, sort of injury affected nature to them, but they also have a lot of guys who've had great fucking unheralded guys who had great seasons. Yeah. And young guys who are, who are coming the fuck up. Like yep. Tino from the Storm, for example. Yes. Fucking great. Dynamis Louis, you would never think about his, you know, mentioning his name, state of origin, but then mm. you're like, he was fucking great this season. Yep. Um, Fodawaka. Yeah, and another, then you, you throw in there the, the Papalis and... Yeah, yeah, and, and the ones that the guys... And Wanda Sykes. Yeah, the guys that are there already, yeah. But it's it's when you you look at the backs, though. Yeah. That's that's where they've got some serious problems. I mean, presumably, um, Bramson will be the fullback at the expense mm-hmm. of uh, Callum Ponger, who's injured. Uh, Val Holmes, I think he's suspended for for game one of the Origin, so he's not he's not available. So when you look at that, you've got... What have you got? You got you got Edric Lee, Philip Sammy, Heimel Hunt, Xavier Coates. I'm just looking at like you know centers, wingers, fullback contenders. Yeah, Corey so Allen, Gay Guy. He Gay Guy's obviously got a spot nailed down. Yeah, Branko Lee. The, the, I mean, that list of guys that I just mentioned is not a fucking imposing one, two, three, four, five. For state of origin level, it's let not alone the, club level. They're all all guys who had, you know, game breaking or game winning moments during the year, and and some decent highlight reel type moments. But uh, going to be very interesting to see how they go in in the cauldron that is Origin. Yep. There's, uh, I I think if New South Wales can really get in their heads and, and that's where I really hope that Cody Walker is in the starting side yeah and the thing is well New South Wales I mean when you look at the the, the cattle that they have on, uh, on on offer there that they can put into their back their back line for, for Queensland New South Wales just has to match their forwards yeah at, yeah. at, at worst if they they just have to match them they don't have to roll them they just have to match them and then guys like Cook and Cleary and Keary and Walker and Whiten, I mean, those guys aren't like guys that had like a fucking highlight real moment once in the season or something. I mean, yeah. they're guys that fucking did that shit week in, week out. Yeah, that's and it. And they're just going to absolutely fucking destroy. Yes. Those guys. So. Basically, state of origin. Will continue. Hashtag Yuri of Cleary. Yeah. Yuri Cleary's dead, man. It's not. It's uh, it's over. How is it dead? It's it's so. How is it dead? It's so dead. Seventeen he, in a row. It's so dead. Minor he, premiers. An embarrassing performance in the grand final. See. Practically lost it. Lost his team in the grand final. But but for the fact that there was someone else in this team that tried to lose it for them more. You know what? I feel sorry for you that the young man out there and making mistakes and learning lessons is the object of ridicule. I'm not ridiculing it. I was just merely stating the facts. 
No, no, no. That's ridicule. No, no. I don't. I don't. I've got yes. there's no malice behind it. That's just that's just cold, cold analysis. Oh, I don't no. feel it doesn't make me feel it doesn't make me feel good to say it. I mean, he said it himself, but it doesn't make me feel good to repeat it. Mm. But the year is still going. The year didn't end, and it is the year of Cleary. That's hashtag, just cold hard fact. The, hash, the hashtag has ended. Well, the by year continues own, by his own hand. The year twenty twenty mm. continues, and uh, the hashtag ended the moment that he fucking walked down the tunnel. At seven PM last last Sunday night, and, and still, ate a fucking, it's still a year of clear. Ate a fucking bat on the way out of the tunnel. Mm. And uh, look, any, I'm on any, this any, because any love from any love from the origin, uh, and I'm sure that year of Cleary is about to take off. No, it's year of Cleary, and I'm I'm bashing through the pain on this <laughs> because I read in the game in the game comments for the grand final, and I'm fucking scared that it'll happen is all of these absolute shit cunts are going to vote for it as hashtag of the year just so I have to read it out and relive everything that happened the other night <laughs> in the fucking twillies. Yeah. I, so I'm leaning I, into it hard while there is, and still loving the year of Cleary. While, while I would, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so what you're doing is you're basically consigning it to defeat. In the <laughs> No, I'm reclaiming it. I'm taking it back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so think it can't I, be used yeah. against us. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you got a lot of choice in the matter, to be honest. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. It's, if if nothing else, it's certainly created um, some some interesting narratives about like an interesting betting market because there's so many reasons about why people would vote for it against it for something else. <laughs> and don't uh, don't make me read it out. <laughs> Fuck. Can't. Recaps. The grand final, the NRL grand final, the Melbourne Storm 26 defeated the Panthers 20 at ANZ Stadium in front of a crowd of 37,303. I thought it was meant to be 40. Was it, when I was talking about the numbers, was it meant to be just like 40, a 40 grand, like just as someone just like rounding up as a number or something like that? Because it was apparently sold out by the end of it, but it was, you know, as far as grand finals go, very late in the, I mean, like apparently there were still tickets available. My feeling is, that normally when they give these stats, mm-hmm. they're talking about ticket sales. Yeah. Normally when they say attendance is, they're talking about ticket sales. Yeah, scans through the thing. In today's day and age, no, just just ticket sales. Yeah. So, so not tickets used. No, not tickets used. Well, However, we count in the age of though. in the age of COVID. Yeah. They must have accounted for every single person, so I just feel as if that number would be more readily available this year. Yeah. Whereas in previous years, it wouldn't have been that yeah. information because the NRL doesn't give a fuck how many tickets come through the gate. The NRL cares how many tickets are sold. Yeah. It's the well, but pre- yeah previously, and I mean I've mentioned this on the show before, but yeah, previously, um, you know, for ground attendances and things like that, it was just it wasn't anything to do with anything. It was literally just a fucking guess, mm. and uh, now you know that's and that's changed somewhat now because there are generated numbers from ticket stubs passing through the things and members scanning their you know their lanyards and shit as they go through. Yeah, but um, in any case, the Storms twenty six came through tries to uh, Olam, Cameron Smith, Sulasi Vunivalu, and Pappy 
Smith, three or four conversions, two penalty goals. The Panthers, 20 tries to Toll, Cleary, Crichton, and Mansour, and two or four conversions to Nathan Cleary. Is there anything you'd like to say? I will... First up, before we get to the, the facts. I'll, I'll give my emotional piece first. Okay. Whilst I was saddened with the result, and I was disappointed in a couple of areas within that game, overall... I am just so immensely happy and full of pride in the season that the Panthers had in that they were vying it out for the spoon last year. They came together as a very young group of players having lost some massive experience and and winning experience in that of Maloney. Defensive powerhouse that he was. (laughs) And they had injury troubles throughout the year. So, you know, for example, pe- people talk about, you know, oh, they, they had luck with injuries. We were without our first choice fullback for great sections of the year. And young uh, Caleb Aikens. Yeah, the difference between your first was choice in there. and your second choice fullback is about fucking five mil, though. Yeah, but it's it's about like Caleb. Caleb it's about cohesion. Like... Who who is uh, departing the club, beginning next year, and uh, will be a, a wonderful get. What's he going? I think he's going to the Cowboys. Mm. Is it the Cowboys? Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. He's it's a not, terrible loss, though. It's it's not Penrith, so you know, fuck him. Um, you know, we we were without Jerome Luai for massive parts of the year. We were without Nathan Cleary. For stretches this year, after you know TikTok gate, but for them to come together and put on seventeen wins in a row is an absolutely phenomenal effort, and to be going into next year really without too much of a change to personnel. I mean, obviously Tamau's going, and he's been a great leader at the club. Um, unfortunately, he's going to the Tigers. And by that, I mean, I think his best position, I think the club that uses James Tamau the the most at the moment or the most effectively at the moment is somebody like the Gold Coast Titans. I think if he was up there in that position that I am a fucking dead set bench forward, however, I'm going to work with these guys and and really mentor them through, I I think that would be his, his swan song. But alas, it's not to be. Um, he will be by miles the best prop at that club. So good on him. This feels extra emotional because, like, I don't know if it's coming through the microphones, but just the the fucking thunder cracking and and pissing rain that's going on at the moment. Yeah, that, <laughs> no, that's actually my heart that you're hearing through the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> on the game itself. My feeling, and I said this to you after the game, and I said it, you know, in in the groups, is that this was Penrith's grand final to win or lose. The Storm were were just a byproduct. They were there. They didn't really do anything special. They don't really deserve any credit. 
Um, there wasn't anything about what they did on the night that was a... You know, when they look back at this grand final, nothing will be said about how great the Storm were. You know, you, I you, think you'd be surprised. You look at grand finals past and you've got, you know, the the Sattler try or you've got the Benji flick pass or, you know, you've got Thurston, you know, winning it for the Cowboys. Yeah, you actually have two of those in this game too for the Storm. But they they won't they won't be shown in highlights. I guarantee you that Pappenhausen try and the and the Vooney intercept are no. grand final law forever no. and ever. You may you, you, you may Pap- downplay I'll the give storm. you pa- I'll give you Pappy, but not the other one. That intercept to to take to, to have the balls to go for it, to get it, catch it, get knocked down and half tackled, get up breakthrough uh, Mansell who had a proper grip on him oh, and then not, streak I'm, away from I'm the I'm not saying it wasn't a good play. I'm just saying... It was grand final fucking gold. No, it's nowhere fucking near grand final gold. I put it to you that it was actually far better than an average forward chasing the slowest winger of the fucking game. Back in the game, back in back in an era when, when you know, players were essentially fucking farmers. Look, <laughs> and I'm talking you, you directly t- to you. You turned up to the grand final in a fucking Peaky Blinders cosplay. <laughs> Your opinion on anything is now null and void. Yeah, but you turned up to a grand final in a fucking Nathan Cleary cosplay. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry. There's a so one there's, one of us massive, one of us is a, a massive glass houses situation here. <laughs> one of us is is a peak fashion connoisseur. <laughs> The other one looks like somebody that shouldn't be allowed near schools. Um, I tell you, those white the the white the white pants with the fucking white knee length cardigan. I mean, that's pretty much from fucking Dennis Ferguson's couture line that he released shortly before his timely death. How the fuck is Dennis Ferguson a streetwear icon? <laughs> you're grasping say, at you're you... grasping at straws like Dylan Edward grasps at balls. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is why is Dylan Edwards your fucking target right now? Because he grasps the balls better than most people, but, <laughs> fruitlessly. I, I feel like he, I feel like in you know the old adage of you're only as good as your last game. I I, I feel like he grasps that the more successfully than like someone to say kick out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we'll get to that. We fucking will fucking top. get to that. Cunt. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> Looking over it, and again the. There really wasn't anything that Melbourne did as a whole in that game. Penrith's hands let them down. It was going to be yeah, as simple as... Yeah, but their hands didn't let them, let them down for no fucking reason in a vacuum. The Cameron Smith and the Storm forwards controlled the game so well that Penrith were always coming out of the... And surprisingly to me, Jerome Hughes' kicking game, like his positional fucking yeah. kicks the pin guy. Penrith yep. are always starting their sets from, you know, piss poor position. 100%. They couldn't. They couldn't roll. They couldn't get any roll forward thanks to the, the the forwards and particularly guys like Nelson. And as a result of that, then they started. They they couldn't do what they what they've been doing. So they they started to panic a little bit. And that's when you see these situations like forward passes forty meters out from the fucking line, yeah. and you know guys dropping this and passes off the ground and yeah. all this sort of shit. Look, I, I I hear what you're saying there. There have been plenty of times this year where they'd been in exactly that situation. And being severely pinned back in the territorial battle, and there were a couple of things that got them out of that. Unfortunately, 
one of those things was sitting on the bench because there was a coaching decision to put in a better defender than yeah. than Naden. He proceeded to not <laughs> defend that great. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't. Honestly, putting a guy in because he's your fucking son's mate is is ridiculous. I'm not. I'm not sure that was it. Massively outcoached, but in that respect, looking at it, it, it reeks like of it, that old got New hit, South Wales. He got. He got. I think, I, I think he just got. He, he got head fucked from overthinking it. Yeah, he did. Go with the go. Go with your your winning combination. Don't worry about what the other guy's doing. Go with the thing that fucking got you all these wins. But it it also wasn't the fact that Penrith's defence had been the issue. Yeah, exactly. The, the, their defence had been rock solid all year. There had been one or two times when Naden had, had had brain snaps. But he was by far, by far, not the worst defensive reading centre that you'd come across in the competition. No, and this is... It, yeah, but I mean... What, what it showed me was when he came on, he initially started making those two or three tackle bust runs. Mm-hmm that he made gaining easily, you know, 15 meters and setting up for the next play. That's what we missed on that side of the field. The other thing in terms of the Panthers being young, it doesn't occur to them to switch up the person. And by that, I mean, Melbourne did an absolutely stellar job of putting pressure on, on Cleary's kicks. So he had no time in the world no fucking time and so he just resorted to to booting it instead of any sort of thought of placement or longevity over height or where it was going or where his chases were back to the old midfield bomb clearly that, exactly there wasn't the thought of well, okay if the pressure's coming let's switch it up you know Romy doesn't have the the long kicking game that Cleary does but I'll tell you what if you've got everyone on that side of the field on board that the kick's coming a low fucking Adam Reynolds style punching driving kick with a fantastic chase behind it can be just as effective. You know, I know I'm talking about here the the deficiencies in thought process on the biggest stage, but it was it was there that the youth of the Panthers showed through. When the storm really started applying the screws, that was that was when when the Panthers fell apart mentally I feel and started doing those stupid self-destructive things I'm not sure why Kikau was left on the field for as long as he was well this is the thing I mean this is what when I say it talk about you know Cleary being massively outcoached mm. it's, it's it's just these mystifying things like mystifying thing number one we spoke about already like putting May in there instead of Naden who's been fucking great all year yep so so you've, because it's you, not what, a surprise anymore yeah and, and what you're doing there is saying you don't have faith in Naden, yeah, to do his to do the job that he's done all year, yeah. But then you get Kikau, who's like fucking penalties and and drop balls and shit, yeah, deep in a hole in the first half. But you're showing maximum faith in him when he's losing you the fucking game. When I'm sure yeah. that you could put fucking Kurt Capewell in there and yep. he just do his fucking job, yeah. And not, you know, obviously, you know, you don't get that, you know, the the decoy value and and the options, you know, going to the left like that. But fuck it, just you just need some solidity. Yes, that's it. Know? That's it. And so and so that's what I mean. If you look over that game, Penrith completed at sixty seven percent. 
You know, that that's a grand final. Mm-hmm. And that tells you everything you need to know in that first stat. The fact that the scoreline was as close as it was goes to what a missed opportunity it was. You know, and, and I know that, you know, they it also goes came to the home fact with that, you know, you were given a try that wasn't a try. The rest of the, the rest of the points were scored against twelve or eleven men. <laughs> like it's it, you know it's the game was was far less close than the scoreline indicated, and it's 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 almost fucking mind blowing that there was like I mean no like there wasn't a chance. I mean the fact that you could sort of chuck it around and and yeah. and try and fucking and and exactly you know, that glow, to me trot it you know that to me just reaffirms that Melbourne are the worst and least deserving premiers that against such an abysmal side completing at 67%, they could only eke out a six-point win. Uh, really, that, um, it, it's pathetic and they should hang their head in shame. And I really hope oh. Bellamy has all of their families docked by a couple of members. That's all um, only deserved. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that they'll they'll agree with you wholeheartedly while they're while they're still drowning themselves in fucking champagne as, as we speak. Well, I mean, certainly Munster and and I, and I assume Brandon Smith are still fucking deep deep in somewhere. In the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. I feel it, it's great. For, it's great for Cam Munster. He's finally found a fucking a teammate that's willing to go. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, you see the 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 ski goggle thing, or how that that was, and that became a thing that people were were, were fascinated with. It's just good. It's it's, it's just good oh and s practice, really. Yeah, exactly. When you when you when you spraying champagne and you know, COVID adult hookers and you know, I mean, like those, you know, they are from Victoria. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I'm just trying to think if there's any if there's uh. There's something else uh, that I that we didn't get in through there. Uh... Look, and I, I I was tossing up whether to talk about this because I don't at all want a ref's fault at all. Um, you know, the referee dropped no balls. The referee threw no forward passes. He gave you six, but like... fuck me, that cunt just legit doesn't know the rules. And I'm talking on both sides. There were some fucking mystifying things in that game. And how Bernie Sutton ended up with with the show is, uh, for example, what are the decisions that you had a problem with that, that were game changing decisions? Uh, um, yeah. just around the you know things like policing play the balls, things like when you know like he's called six again. And then stopped and gone back and blew a penalty after play had already continued. You know, how many times in a game can play continue and they stop the game and go back? Yeah, I feel like it didn't happen as much as you think, (laughs) honestly. Honestly, I think that the the worst decision in the game was, was the one that gave you guys six points. Oh, by far, because it was a black, because it was black and white. The obstruction. Yeah. Yeah, well, that wasn't a refereeing decision. Though. That was a bunker decision. Well, he's a referee. It's a video referee. No, I'm talking about Bernard Sutton. Bernard Sutton's got nothing to fucking do with it, man. It was Jared that was on the field. Oh, Jared, whatever. <laughs> fucking... See? Stop this, blaming this... the fucking... <laughs> Why you got to bring his fam- man's family into this? 
Fucking uh, hell. I'm so, I'm so used to going off at fucking Mr. Six again. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you got any tweets of, of value? I mean, it's funny. Like to, Even today, uh, I sort of did the mailbag stuff for this episode, and so many people are just like, they treated the mailbag section like the comment section for the, the grand final, notwithstanding the fact that the grand final thread on Facebook had like 400 comments on it as yeah, well. Yeah, that's it. Uh, ben said the riff did not handle the pressure at all tonight. No. Uh, our dear friend Carsten, who if, if everyone doesn't know Carsten, get on Twitter or the Facebook group and say good day. Um, NRL fan in Switzerland, but a uh, a Z German. In between hoarding Nazi gold and treasure. Yes. So uh, when he, when he was selecting when he was selecting a, a rugby league team, he picked the one that Cohen Hess plays for. So you take from that what you will. Uh, Nathan said, fucking Penrith beating themselves. Uh, Danny said, I hope Victoria gets another eight weeks of lockdown thanks to those bunch of purple cheats. Yes, I said it. Eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> uh, Isaac said, can someone explain this 44 thing to me? I feel like I've missed some bands. So as not to name anyone that might be offended, back in the days when when NRL Twitter was in its infancy and there was probably less than 150 people that would get in every week and talk about games, um, the most refs faulting of all refs falters, in fact, the person who who the phrase was, was coined after, was a Panthers fan mm-hmm. and... He had a 44 at the end of his Twitter handle. And so the minute anyone blamed the ref, it's why, um, it's if you go and look up, there's a, another guy on Twitter, um, at Sharky Dave. His Twitter handle now has a 44 in it. Just because he's a fucking ref's faulting cockhead. <laughs> Matt Hammers said Penrith have been shown up as the TikTok millennial underachieving group as they appear to be in real life. Absolute fraud minor premiership and will be found out in a real season of football. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. My friend, I'm happy to I'm happy what to extend to you. I'm happy to extend to you the same bet um, about where our teams will finish on the ladder next year. <laughs> <laughs> Publicly. Ben said they have to sort out that HIA rule. I don't think the purple cheats have had a normal interchange. Hmm. I agree. Nothing to do with that game, though. But we spoke about that last week. That yep. if you start doing shit like stopping games for an assessment of whether a player requires an assessment, that's taking the piss. And they need to be penalised. They need to get him off and he misses the next set, whatever it is. And honestly, I mean, I thought the grand final was officiated fairly well on that on that side of things as well. Because I mean, both teams have had um, plenty of times where they've fucking laid down looking for shit through the season, but it yeah, didn't really happen. That's it in the grand final. Um, in an unexpected, measured fucking comment, Super Grover said, "Congratulations to Penrith Panthers, minor premiers all year, kicked everyone's ass, and the best two teams played it out tonight. There are fourteen teams not playing tonight's game." And he said that after the game. Yeah, so that's that, like that's fucking loser talk. It's oh, fucking hell. Um, oh, this was the comment. Yeah, so is everyone just going to troll the Penrith supporters and vote Yuri of Cleary the best hashtag of 2020? Don't you cunts fucking do it, all right? 
Uh, Ryan said, Cleary at the end was so impressive, but unfortunately the prophecy could not be fulfilled and Penrith were only able to show up for the last 20 minutes or so. Choked harder than Michael Hutchinson in the last minute of his life. Ouch. Which is ironic. I mean, given you know, we had the, the, the wonderful pre-match entertainment by, uh, yeah, from, from Amy Shark where, where we got a cover of uh, Never Tear Us Apart as well. And, and it was at that moment I thought, wow, something special could happen tonight. I mean, they've, they've tailed the pre-match entertainment to us. Yes, they I have. Thought, I never thought I'd see that when they when they. You'd be surprised the reach we have. Yeah, you'd yeah. be surprised. And at least you know, speaking for the Brisbane the the Brisbane Grand Final watching crew, I mean, there was there was at least at least four of those. Uh, <laughs> trust us, t shirts. Trust us, t shirts in in, in, uh, in attendance at the, at the event. Uh, speaking of Alexander, good to see you again at the meetup, brother. Uh, yes, what's the opposite of a Clive Churchill medal, and how does Mansource get it? Fuck me! It, I, oh. I, I think Kickout would have fucking beaten him to it by the length of the straight. It, look, I'll tell you what. I can cop Kickout's brain explosions to a point. You know the dropsies and the passing off the ground and all mm-hmm. of like just dumb shit. That try that Vooney bombed, where he bobbled the ball. Yep. That was fucking. You know, two years ago, Mansour turning around and jogging back, forgetting yeah. that. Every other winger in the competition is bigger than you, faster than you, and stronger than you, and is going to fucking jostle you out of position because you don't turn your head, you lazy cunt. Um, the best Bailey in the world, Chris, said Penrith came up short. They were taught a lesson tonight. They'll be better for that. Bring on next year. Hashtag Yeary of Cleary. That's that's winners talk right there. Uh, Jason. Said, well, this game had it all. Penalty try, intercept try, a massive comeback, two sin bins. Congrats to the Storms. Commiserations to the Panthers. But they have a great young team that will be tough to beat for the next few years. Hashtag Yeary of Cleary. Hashtag Yeary of not this Yeary. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. (laughs) Uh, John said, got to lose one to win one. As they say, puts the kids in good stead for the next season and the coming ones. Uh, Michael. Said, fuck all you cunts, purple pride, up the fucking storms. <laughs> uh, Mitch said, the better team won. Penrith were too costly with the shitty handling errors, and that typical shit cunt Melbourne tactics were in force again. Fucking trainers holding shit up unnecessarily. Uh, Shunter. You know what? Nice measured response from Shunter. He said, vintage hook Panthers tonight. Glad they fought to the death, but those missed opportunities in the first half were a killer. James said, Melbourne played like champions. Panthers played like contenders, but I can't think of a team that ever came back from 26-0 down and really took it to the storm. Panthers are a special team on the cusp of a dynasty. Hashtag Geary of Cleary. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. Hashtag Tigers in decline. Uh, Rusty. Said Kikau made five errors alone. You can't give anything like that to a top team like the Storms. They are too good to give cheap ball to. Papi deserved the medal and finally something that wasn't narrative driven being awarded on merit. Who'd have thunk it? Onwards and upwards for the Panthers. Storms just too good, but they can fuck off back to that hellhole now. There we go. There's a couple of good ones in the. Uh, and yeah, you had one from Shanda earlier, but I mean, he, he left this one in the mailbag for today. If you could pick a centre, would you pick a specialist centre with good attacking skills, continuity with his teammates and iffy defence, 
or your son's or your son's mate, the sex pest Bilo Bo Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah, and and again, you know, Tyrone May coming in as a like a a, a super sub forward. Yeah, had some great had, moments. Had been fantastic all year. It's it's again, how fucking hard is it to understand? That there are some some threats in rugby league that are always going to be threats, you know. Blinding fucking pace is always going to be a threat. Yep. If you are just stupidly quick, you will have a career. But the other thing in the in terms of the scope of a team is shit that's not expected. So if all of a sudden someone that's come off the bench, that's in the middle of the field or just on an edge, has the ability to ball plate. Both ways, short kicking game, all of these attributes that anyone that defends week in, week out against these other forwards isn't looking for, how much of a fucking advantage is that? But, yeah. you know, put him in the centres. Yeah. Yep. Put him in the centres. And uh, just briefly, the Brisbane Broncos won their third consecutive uh, NRLW title, defeating the Roosters 20 points to 10. Um, the Broncos were in control for the entire duration of the game. Um, when the Roosters got their first try there in the first half, I mean, it kind of, you know, it looked like it was, it was, you know, they were getting a little bit closer, but the Broncos scored again. And it's just such a massive gap in the quality. And I'm not, I'm not watching a, a hell of a lot of the NRLW, but this one, you know, we were, we were already parked at the, at the venue and we were, you know, right in front of the big screen. So we got to watch all this game, you know, very closely. And it's like the front on defense is great. Generally, the work in attack through the forwards is pretty, pretty good. But man, you get a, you get a girl out there that's got a little bit of footwork and just runs at the outside shoulder of the defender. And it, they just get dragged in this arm, gra- arm dragging, arm grabbing shit where it just tackles and just broken easily. And it's really, you just get your person on the outside of that. It doesn't have to be an overlap. Just get them on the outside of their opposite number. And they're just going to drag them down the field. I, if I, refuse, I refuse to acknowledge anything that that team does mm-hmm. after what that fucking hair-pulling bunch of gronk grubs did to my girl, Isabel Kelly. <laughs> well, you know, it's, that's worse than a spear tackle. Yeah, I don't know. She ducked her head into it. She ducked her ponytail into Backwards, it. Backwards, yeah. She flicked her ponytail into her yeah. hands. She, she whipped her hair back and forth and, uh, and, 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 right, and right into it. Jesus fucking <laughs> Right, the uh, mailbag this week. We did get a tremendous amount of mailbag content that was about the grand final, even though we had one of the all-time record-length post, you know, game threads for the grand final. Um, so I'm basically just going to try and just, uh, scroll through these and try and find situations where they're not if they're not related to the grand final, they're at least, you know, like a, a new angle or a question or, you know, the surrounding it that we haven't gotten to yet this evening. Um, 
Maddie said, can we as a true tool nation come together and once and for all say Cameron Smith needs a cunt punch from Mike Tyson on his way to the glue factory so we can all move on with life? Yes. Fuck that guy. I thought that he was purposely trolling the NRL population in that speech after the game when he said like it was like what no less than three times when he goes oh and lastly blah 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 says something else and he goes and uh and and lastly and it was like everyone every time the lastly like oh he's retired he's gonna retire and then and then he goes and lastly another one and then he just never he just never said it and Jeez. I think that, that was actually like I, you know I, I don't like the guy but I mean I do I do love a troll and if that, if that was his intention, I've got to uh, got to yeah. respect it. Um, we're scrolling down. There's probably one for you. Would Panthers fans dare resurrect Yuri of Clearing again next year? Fucking earth. Hmm. Fucking earth. Because here's the thing: as much fun as it's been, you know, with the hashtag, I don't actually believe that us saying words had any effect on the outcome of the season. This is not the secret. <laughs> I don't have a vision board. Yeah, where I maybe, fucking, maybe that's what did it. And that's what cost you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> maybe Barb's would, vision board or Barb's the, voodoo dolls. I can't, I can't remember. What is, it, what is that shit that the secret goes, secret goes on about? You, you ask and believed. But receive. You didn't, you didn't believe, believe enough because you didn't receive, see? Mm, maybe I didn't so, ask. Maybe well, I demanded. I, mean, I feel like throwing that fucking hashtag out there was asking plenty. Um, <laughs> Daniel uh, Daniel has said, uh, just ripping to Gus for a few hours. Look, I can't speak with any real authority on how bad Gus was because we were in a you know, in, in a pub situation yeah. and the sound's not great and you're really getting most of the vision. It was almost like watching the game, you know, normally in terms of, you know, without the commentary. Tell you what, though. You just reminded me the greatest commentary that night was one of the guys at the meetup won six hundred bucks on the sports bet. So, fucking yeah. well, well done to you, son. I feel like just about everybody sitting at our table cleaned up when they paid out Cameron Smith CCM early. Yeah, that's it. Um, Alexander said, "Now that the season's over, can we please burn that knee-length cardigan?" Well, fucking hell! <laughs> you know, taking not fashion. No. Taking fashion advice from you cunts is like taking diet advice from John Goodman. <laughs> but I believe John Goodman shed a, ter- a tremendous amount of weight in recent roles. Recent <laughs> so roles? How many roles a- has he got left? Well, I mean, he's, it's 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 more like folds because he's like everything that sort of puffed him out is gone. So he's just left with fucking hanging skin. Uh, he, he basically looks like he's melted. Um, he looks like okay, he's wearing a skin-coloured knee-length cardigan when he's wearing nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. I scroll down. My God, there's still so much fucking Penrith Storm final stuff. Ryan said, "Is it high time for non-internationals to finally learn the Australian anthem so they don't look like complete tools when they're barely mumbling the incorrect words while on national TV? Maybe hold these lessons in the same seminars where players are specifically told that rape is bad." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like look, players mate. have probably got more on their fucking plate in that moment. It's I, a, I also a, find it like hard. A ceremonial thing that a ceremonial thing that has to be, you know, gone through. Yeah. But you're also like a, when the anthem's on, you're like fucking sixty seconds away from 
you know, the biggest moment of your life too. You know what? The other thing is, I've got a fucking terrible singing voice. And so if the camera ever hit on me when when the anthem was going, you wouldn't be watching that at home and think, geez, he's enunciating every syllable flawlessly. Look, look at that projection. You know, mm-hmm. my, my mouth's going up and down and, you know, I, I get girt by C and things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not too bothered by that. Although when Queenslanders do it during State of Origin, I will fucking rage at them. Yeah. Unpatriotic cunts. Yeah, but I mean, they're often from other countries. That's why. Although then, you know, um, (laughs) yes, very good. Uh, Sam said, uh, if the grand final was best of three, like someone proposed earlier in the year, could Penrith bring in Maloney in game two to carry Cleary? Then maybe sign Pierce for game three when Nathan disappears completely. I sound like a Newcastle fan. Um, if it was a best of three, Penrith win that series. Comfortably. No, there's absolutely no evidence of that. Yeah. At all. Zero evidence. Well, yeah, unless just like played, the, there's zero evidence of anything that happens they, in the future. Well, so don't fucking say it then. <laughs> unless the only chance Penrith would have had to win that game, like a series of three, was if they played like with halftime break in between each 40-minute half and they played, it straight, they played it straight up with 240 minutes of football. If we get to up. the stage where all we're allowed to say are things that are empirically true, <laughs> you'd end up living in a fucking hole wearing white robes with a bunch of people following you saying your silence is so fucking profound because you'd never say another word in your life. <laughs> uh, Andrew, if the grand final was a TikTok video... Would Nathan have performed? Um, I guess that's the, I guess that's the problem. They're like thirty nine minutes too fucking long. Yeah, that's it. Football. That's um, it. His his try was enough of a highlight moment for TikTok. Yeah, uh, Timmy said, "Shout out to Sam for hosting the Sydney meetup, and a special mention to the goat Aaron for the supply of delicious beer." So, um, yeah, Sam Sam did hold a, a get together at his place. And he put it out there on the Facebook group for you know Sydney Sydney based uh, listeners to to enjoy the game, and um, our uh, multiple award winning friend uh, Aaron had to work on the day, but he made sure he ran around beforehand and dropped the carton of beer off. Yeah, that just like fucking champions. That's champions. class. That's all Everyone's class. Champions. Um, Josh said, here's a non-grand final discussion point. Thank fucking God. Last week, you mentioned how Storm fans would be likely to remember Captain Cuntock in a pro- in a positive light as he's their captain, and hence someone you basically have to like. Can you lads think of any club captains who the fans of the club couldn't fucking stand? As a Tigers fan, it fucking kills me to see Umbai selected week after week, regardless of any form issues or other options, just because he was made captain two minutes after walking into the club. Hmm. Um, I reckon that when Darius Boyd was captain, Broncos. I mean, uh, you yep. know, Broncos have to take this up and say it's not. It's not for me to say, but that seems like something that would be possible. Yeah, but not often. I don't think. No. Uh, um. Look, the interesting thing with Cameron Smith that that comes treading perilously close 
to believing that rugby league is more about him than it is the fans. Like, little things he does, you know, like sticking the finger up as he's walking up the tunnel the other night. Those sorts of things. Like, he's he's always going to be a polarizing figure. You know? But that very quickly turns undecideds or neutrals off when he starts to, you know, that he's the most important thing and it's his game and it's all about him. Um, Yeah, that, that shit doesn't wash here. Yeah, but I'll tell you You're something not- I do like, though, is I do like it when a player, like, you know, say like Cameron Smith's being, like, you know, maligned incre- you know, increasingly by right. the, the league audience or whatever. Mm. But then I like it when... I hate it when they, th- when they think that's not me and they act in a certain way, like, you know, like that's not the case. But when they actually accept that to them and then start trolling against it, I love that shit. So I can yeah, that but that's not what he's doing at no, all. no, no. But I think, but I feel like I feel like that you know that lastly, lastly, like that that speech. I feel like that was like the start, the like the signs that he's starting to think that way. Uh, but um, you know, I mean, giving him credit is, is is fucking fraught with danger. So let's just not look. I think um, all of your time playing Pokemon has led you to just look for imaginary things elsewhere in the world when uh, they're not there. Yeah. So fuck him. And yeah, fuck his I legacy. Mean, like, I could show you my Pokedex and you can see they are actually there. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> Tipping. Okay, so um, I didn't get to uh, to organise the head, the, the the 1v1 battle at the end for one and two. I knew who each of the, the each of the guys tipped and unfortunately uh, they tipped exactly the same team. They both successfully tipped the Storm. Mm-hmm. And they actually both successfully tipped the exact same margin as well. I couldn't fucking believe it when independently they they both told me that. But that's why they were one and two in the competition. Yeah, okay. And from memory, I think they got it fucking right too. I think they had it at six. It was either six or eight. So they were either bang on yep. tip and margin or, you know, very close. So JBB's our winner. 130 well points. Second place, King Kong, 130. There we go. Two point two points back to a bit of a jam there with Mrs. Whistle, Warmus, Benny eighty nine, East West Arabian Swamp Echidnas, and Jangles, and then another point back to Kane and Matt and Mike Corona finishes and rounds out our top ten at one hundred twenty six. So five points from first to tenth, and uh, I gained a ton of places in the last round because it seems a lot of tipsters believed the hype and uh, didn't tip the storm. Ouch. So, yeah, and uh, that is it. Full time for episode 374. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. Follow at TWI League on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Our Facebook community lives at hashtag Twill Nation. The direct link, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Twill Nation. It's amazing the amount of new members we welcome to the group over the, you know, like, the weekend and grand final like during the game and like Monday morning after the game. Uh, it seems like guys, you, you kind of a little bit late, but better late than never. Right. Mm. Um, uh, what else? If you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple podcasts. Like, uh, like fucking midi Ned 
who put a review through this week on the uh, Australian iTunes store said, five stars, guaranteed, wet your pants funny. Take two guys who have a high knowledge of the game and a good perspective on rugby league, then add great humor and easy listening, and you get this. Can't rate it highly enough. Well done. I can't rate that review highly enough. To, to be honest, it's fucking tremendous, and that's exactly the sort of stuff that uh, gets read out on the show because it's fucking fantastic. Um if you want to go the extra mile, of course, our digital memberships are still available and we're going to keep pumping them out and uh, it can be picked up anytime for only $3.99 a month, $1.99 a month if you're a classic member and uh, fuck it, tell a friend. That's the easiest way, easiest free way to, to support the show. Yes. And, uh, play, play us in your place of business over a loudspeaker. Exactly. And then pause every 10 seconds and say, you are now listening to This Week in League available on Apple Podcasts. We must remind you that daycare pickup is to be contactless in the time of COVID and get back to your regularly scheduled work duties. I think that's about it. You got anything else to add? No, not at all. Unless you want to go through what we're going to be doing for Origin, but... Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we may as well. I mean, it kind of... Oh, well, you know, I guess it does affect everybody. It does. Okay, so Origin is a uh, interesting situation because the games are on Wednesdays. So our, our uh, episodes are general, uh, generally recorded on Wednesday nights, which puts us in a bit of a, a predicament. So what we'll be doing is this. Digi members, we've got to get some live game streams going for you guys. State of Origin games 1, 2, and 3 are going to be it. We will uh, get some more details better down and we'll sort out how we're going to do all this and uh, and provide the links to you guys. But on Wednesday, State of Origin day game days, we will be sending you guys a link where you can uh, catch the live stream of uh, us basically just doing a, a show while Origin's on, talking about the game that's happening, talking about whatever other shit comes up and... Uh, Immediately following the games, we'll be recording our uh, Origin wrap-up episode. Yep. And which we'll probably sort of talk about the next game, um, yeah, coming up after that as well, I guess. Yep. And because uh, they're just back to back to back this time, aren't they? They are. Yeah. So, so we'll probably uh, record our episodes on Wednesday night, a little bit later than usual, but they'll be short. They'll only be one game, and then we'll talk about you know the potentiality of the next Origin game after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, did you members, you get a live stream one. And uh, I'll, I'll, I think technically, I think I'll be able to record it as well. So we do it with the Twillies now, so I'll be able to do that as well. So we'll record it, and it'll go up as uh, in, in the member sides as well for you guys if you can't uh, join us live. But yeah, we'll be doing them live. And uh, speaking of the uh, the Twillies, they'll be coming up after the week after Game Three of the State of Origin series, and that'll be our last episode of the year. Uh, I think it'll be like close to fucking December, I think. Yeah, and. Um, We'll start doing, as we have done the last couple of years, we'll uh, initially hit the Digi members up and we'll start getting some short lists for our voting categories. The way, if you're new to the whole thing, the way the Twillies usually works is we'll have, you know, for a position like where it's a, a single position on the field, like, for example, fullback, you know, we may have a, a ballot of four choices to vote for the fullback of the year. Yep. We usually throw six in there if it's, a, if it's a double position, like, you know, like second row, center, winger, that sort of thing. Um and yeah, we'll work through and get the the ballot sorted out that is representative of what you guys want. And uh, yeah, and then the, the votes will go up, you know, sometime during the State of Origin series. 
Yep. And uh, our Twilly episode will be the last episode of the year and it'll happen after Origin. Nice. I think that just about covers everything. Fantastic. So on that note, see you next week. Later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.